How about that cigar? How about that cigar? Well, everybody, guess what night of the week it is. Garrett, what night is it? Our favorite night. I think it's Tuesday. It's Tuesday, and this is episode number... 38, not... 37? 35. Yeah, it's Episode number 35 of How About That Cigar Live, brought to you from... The Drew Estate Cigar Studios, and we want to thank you so much for watching. If you are watching live right now on Facebook, please do us a favor. Share us out to your favorite Facebook cigar groups. If you are listening on the audio podcast after the fact, we want to thank you so much for listening wherever it is that you listen to your favorite podcast, whether it's working out, driving in the car, whatever it is. Thanks so much for listening. Please take a minute and uh, rate the podcast. If you like what we're doing, give us a nice five-star uh, this episode is brought to you by the Pappy Van Winkle Family Reserve Barrel Fermented. It is a long filler premium cigar rolled in limited quantities at La Grande Fabrica Drew Estate in Esteli, Nicaragua. Mm. Deep barrel fermentation is the key process that makes this expression vastly different from anything on the market. Mm. Hand-selected leaves from Kentucky are packed into small torquettes, which are then loaded strategically into oak bourbon barrels. Water is then added while immense pressure is applied to the torquettes via railroad jacks. This tobacco is re- is removed two to three times per year, shaken out, then repacked. The total process of fermentation takes 12 to 18 months, leaving a truly unique flavor profile and aroma. The Pappy Van Winkles Family Reserve Barrel Fermented is now available at brick-and-mortar Drew Diplomat retailers. So thanks so much to Drew Estate again. Uh, so, Garrett, this week, another big week for our NFC North. Mm-hmm. Uh, your Vikings had a killer comeback i mean honestly the middle of the third quarter I'm, I'm just paying attention on my phone you know here and there and i see the vikings are down but at that point they were still down what 20 points yeah it was either uh you know at one point yeah so 20 points and as soon as the st- statistic came across the screen no team in the last <laughs> i don't know how many years yeah has come back uh, from a 20 point deficit at halftime. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I stuck a fork at him. I was, oh, I did I, too. I was convinced they were done, but I did too. They... I was already looking at draft picks at that point. <laughs> you know, wow, you got dark. I did. But no, they, they really played outstandingly well. Um, you know, the second half. Yeah. The first half. Yeah. Uh, it was both sides of the ball that yeah. could not get it together. It yeah. wasn't, wasn't them. It kind of reminded me of, uh, uh, the Packers against, uh, the, against against the Chargers against the Chargers. Yeah, that was you know? pitiful. It was pitiful. Um, uh, it, but it, the Packers still easily, ended up losing. That I game, know, but so. it easily could have gone. Oh yeah, that way. Yeah, hundred um, percent. Uh, the Packers had a great game this week. We had a bye. They did. So they we didn't. didn't lose. We didn't lose. Um, the Packers have been having a good season, uh, and um, you know, hopefully they uh, they got the rest they needed so they can you know, kind of regroup a little bit and uh, give everybody back to. Back to 100%. Um, and as I uh, was having dinner with the family earlier, we stopped at another spot and got some ice cream on the way home. Uh, the wild game was on, and they were rolling all over yep. the Sabres. Uh, last I saw, it was 3 nothing. so I, I really can't say. But it was uh, they, they seemed to be improving a lot over the last three weeks uh, because it was a garbage fire for the beginning of the season, but the it wild seemed was. to be improving a lot. Yep. Um, so guys, we want to, again, thank you for joining us on episode 35. Um, we are going to get into our main segment with our special guest right now. And that segment is brought to you by 
Corona Cigar Company and CoronaCigar.com is the Internet's largest and easiest to use virtual cigar store. Corona Cigar Company offers you the finest handmade cigars, humidors, and cigar accessories at the absolute lowest possible price. And you will also find unique and very limited cigars containing Florida sun-grown tobacco. As a proud American president and founder of Corona Cigar Company, Jeff Borshowitz believed it was possible to bring cigar tobacco farming back to Florida. As a cigar retailer, Jeff believed consumers would be willing to pay a little more for a cigar that contained genuine Florida-grown cigar tobacco, as long as the tobacco was unique, distinctive, flavorful, and of the highest quality. At Corona Cigar Company and CoronaCigar.com, you'll find the best selection anywhere in the world of cigars containing this special Florida sun-grown tobacco. If you live in Florida or are just visiting, be sure to visit any of the great Corona Cigar locations in downtown Orlando, Sand Lake, Lake Mary, and also the Davidoff of Geneva Lounge in Tampa. For more on all of that, please visit coronacigar.com and floridasungrown.com. And ladies and gentlemen, this week we have a very special guest on the show, and we would like to introduce him right now from Dissident Cigars. Please welcome... Mr. Ben Holt. Ben, how's it going? Doing all right. How you guys doing? Fabulous. Awesome. awesome. Thank you so much for being on the show with us. We really appreciate, uh, you know, we know weeks and days and things like that can get really busy. So we appreciate you giving us some time to uh, help all our viewers and, and listeners learn a little bit more about what you're doing. Oh, well, gladly. You know, thank you guys for having me on. I appreciate it greatly. Absolutely. Um, so you... Uh, you started out, you know, a, a while ago in the cigar business. And one of the things that we like to talk to everybody about, just because we're kind of a newer show and and we really like to to give consumers, you know, some educational information. And part of that education is learning about the people who really make these products um, into what they are. So give us a little bit of your origin story with cigars, just from the, the, the point of when you first started enjoying a cigar. When was that? For you. That was when uh, I was in the Marine Corps, actually. Okay. Um, I was deployed to Iraq, and uh, a couple of the guys, we would sit around and smoke cigars uh, in our downtime to kind of decompress and relax and, you know, forget about the BS of the day. Um, and then from there, when I got out of the Marine Corps, I moved to Texas and went to college. And on my way to class, I would stop and pick up cigars at my local shop um, and uh Saw that they needed help wanted one time, uh, help wanted sign there one day, and I went in and started working there part time. That turned into a full time gig, at, you know, after I graduated, and then I started repping, and it just kind of snowballed from there. Uh, was not part of the plan uh, that I had set for me before when, uh, when I went to college, but uh, you know how life goes. You know, you find something you enjoy and you stick with it. You know, yeah, absolutely. And that's so, a kind of a perfect segue to um, talk about. Today is the 15th anniversary of Pat Tillman's death. Uh, for those who don't know, Pat Tillman was an NFL player for the Arizona Cardinals mm-hmm. and um, decided to, um, you know, really make that ultimate sacrifice for his country and, you know, went into the military and, uh, yeah, he walked, he walked away from a very lucrative career absolutely. in the NFL. He was a rock star on yeah. the field. Yeah. Um, it wasn't like, you know, some guy who, you know, was struggling at all. He was a dominant player and um, uh, unfortunately lost his life 15 years ago today. And um, so tonight I would like to uh, smoke. All of us are smoking to the memory of all those that lost their lives uh, in service to this country. Yeah. And uh, Ben, we certainly appreciate your service as well. Absolutely. Thank you guys. Appreciate it. 
And uh, to let everybody know, uh, unfortunately, we couldn't get, uh, didn't get any dissonant cigars. But And that's my fault. That's not Ben's fault. No. Nope. Um, <laughs> but we are smoking some cigars that are uh, um, in Ben's family. I've got one, uh, the Santa Muerta from Black Label Trading. And I've got the, uh, I just fired up the Havana Soul. Oh, cool. Awesome. Yeah. So it's my last one, my last one. And I thought it would be a fitting night tonight to, uh, uh, to enjoy this one. This, uh, and, uh, so that's, that's actually one of the things. So you said, you know, you, you began enjoying cigars while you were, while you were deployed and then, um, little by little just got more involved in the industry. Like you said, you didn't go into, you didn't go into college saying, I'm going to work in the cigar industry someday. You just, it, it sort of happened organically for lack of a better term. So um, mm-hmm. tell us about sort of the, the process of how you first got in. Was it at a brick and mortar store? Was it repping for a brand? How did you first start actually getting, you know, getting paid in the cigar business? It was uh, working at a brick and mortar store. It was uh, called TJ cigar lounge down in McGregor. Um, it's one of the biggest cigar lounges in Texas, actually. Um, and there I worked with uh, David and Joan Livingston, who own the place and been doing it for a very long time. Learned a lot from uh, David and then Derek Matthews, who is the national sales manager for Black Label, uh, Black Works and Emilio, uh, worked there as well, too, part time. He worked full time for the VA and he would work there uh, part time at night because he was a cigar nerd. And I really just got to pick his brain quite a bit. You know, I called him my cigar Cicerone. He kind of guided me. <laughs> in this a little bit and just kind of fed the beast, you know? Um, so I really got to, un- with him, you know, teaching me, I got to learn a lot about tobacco, a lot about the different brands that are out there, um, made those connections through him and with him as well. And then that's when I got to know James uh, and Angela and then Stephanie with Black Label. And under James's mentorship, I really learned gobs more about tobacco. And, you know, that's, I'm one of those guys that when I really like something, I want to know as much as I can about it. And he just really allowed me to do that. Um, I went down to Nicaragua numerous times. My first time down there, it was just really just for fun. I didn't go down there for any kind of work stuff. I just wanted to go see the factory, see what tobacco is about, see the process, learn as much as I can. And James totally helped me out with that. And it just from there, just kept growing and growing and growing and here I am today. You know, I, I got, I got, I bought the, bought, bought the brand, which was kind of, uh, you know, I always say the stars aligned when that happened. You know, mm-hmm. I, uh, I had the right partnerships, the right connections, um, the right support, and when I saw the opportunity, I took it, and and I'm rolling with it. Now that's that actually segues into a question I had written down is and it is when you when you bought the brand Dissident Cigars. Was that a brand that you actually actively sought out or did did an opportunity just come along and you said, I think I could do this with the right support, with the right help. So you took the steps necessary to get that done. Or or like I said, is it is it something that you actually were pursuing because uh, you either already dug the brand or you knew it was a brand that you could, you know, that was basically dormant or dead. And you said, I can I can resurrect this and turn it into something. Yeah, it was, it was, I, I knew that Dissident was a dormant brand. And, you know, I, so at first I, you know, I talked to James and Angela and, and Scott Zuka and asked them if, you know, what they thought about the idea of me, you know, pursuing this venture. 
and uh, they all gave the support and they said, yeah, this totally could be done. Um, so I contacted the owners and, and uh, enrolled with it. Awesome. And uh, question, uh, Danny on uh, Facebook is asking, is that TJ, is that in McGregor? Yes, uh, McGregor, Texas. Um, it's right outside of Waco, about 15 minutes outside of Waco, Texas. Um, and then, uh, yeah, uh, I worked there, starting off in college. And then uh, the, the day came when went full-time, went, became a full-time rep, and here we are. And uh, so that shop outside of Waco is the biggest cigar, uh, would you say, humidor in Texas? It was the biggest uh, lounge in Texas for a while. Um, okay. But then Stogie's kind of expanded, and then Redlands oh, yeah. in San Antonio, they, they're pretty big, they have a pretty big space as well. So I think technically now it's the third largest in, okay. uh, in Texas, but it's the, it's the largest one in central Texas. Okay, awesome. So... Tell us about, you know, when you kind of became part of the, um, you know, the the black label trading, the Oveja Negra family. Tell us about what that process has been like for you as far as being mentored by and being guided by uh, James and Angela and 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 those guys over there. What what has that process been like for you? And, um, you know, what what uh, kind of where where did it start as far as. Um, uh, you know, repping obviously, but then when you started getting into the blending process and the branding process and things like that, what was that mentorship process of you gleaning things from them? Um, it's it's been interesting. It's been great. Uh, when I went down there and started to do the blending process with James, before I went down there, I already had in mind kind of some of uh, the tobaccos I wanted to play with and some of some of the things I want to concentrate on. Um, so when I went down there. Uh, told him what I wanted to do. And for the most part, we could be done. It's just now we got to put it down into a cigar and see what, you know, the end result's going to be. Um, so going through that, I mean, me and him, there were some cigars like, yeah, you know, some of the blends that we came up with, like, yeah, we got to tweak this up a little bit. This ain't right. You know, this, you know, and he would give me some good insight into maybe what some other tobaccos to, um, con- you know, some other ones to kind of blend with and, and play with. And uh, it's been, and then with him, with the artwork as well, too, branding it, I already had kind of an idea, but me and him kind of sat down and brainstormed a little bit on how uh, it's different when you have it up here and then putting it down to pen. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a whole different beast. And luckily, James is artistic enough and me and him are pretty in tune with each other that we we're able to kind of uh, bring our heads together uh, relatively easy on that. And yeah it just kind of started flowing pretty naturally once we started getting into that group. Okay. Uh, Angela, yeah, Angela has been phenomenal on the, you know, with the, how the production and everything works at the factory, uh, learning a lot from her on that because a lot of people probably don't understand it, but I call her La Hefa. She's the boss. Uh, she, <laughs> she runs that factory and she, yeah. you know, she has a whole bunch of knowledge that, um, one can gain by talking to her about that stuff. Um, but they've all they've all been very open with me about it. Uh, they, they they've been sharing a lot of information. They they uh, they're constantly uh, uh, they're supporting me and, and providing me with any of that information that I need. Um, but it's been a really interesting uh, development in our relationship. 
coming from as a you know as a rep with them, and then now in a sense you know this partnership that we got, um, yeah. it's been it's been really awesome. Yeah, and so obviously before you know dissident the brand, it was even in its previous iteration, it was a it was a very small brand, wasn't around very long, had just a you know three three lines or so. Now when when it went dormant and then you bought the brand and you knew you were going to resurrect it. Was there ever a thought in your mind to stay the course as far as the look and feel and blends of before, or did you say right away, I'm going to change this up completely and make it a brand new thing? I'm going to change it up completely from the go. Um, I I thought it was important for me to put my own touch on it. Um, uh, I thought the guys laid a good foundation uh, with the brand. Um, I just thought it needed to be updated and brought into um, a little bit more mainstream um, Mm -hmm. in a sense, uh, something, you know, I wanted to use different tobaccos, especially that James has at Ovea Negra. Uh, I think he has some very unique tobaccos that, you know, I wanted to highlight. uh, And I think it's just better quality tobacco all around as well too. So, uh, and I wanted to use my own, you know, use the knowledge and the experiences that I had and kind of impart that, and to diss it in a little bit as well. Um, we've got a, you know, a real active crew here and that's awesome guys. Keep uh, the questions coming. We may not get to all of them, but I, I do have to ask, tell me about the pink limo, <laughs> the pink limo. Yeah. There's questions up on screen here. So you, do you still have the pink limo? I'm no, afraid. no. The, the one that they had, the limo that they had. No, no. <laughs> uh, I don't know what they did with that. Okay. That wasn't in the deal. <laughs> All, right. <laughs> All right. And then moving on, uh, Corey asks, what is the perfect beer in your opinion to pair with a block and why? That's a good question. I would definitely probably go with something uh, like an Amber or maybe a, a, a stout or something more so with it. Um, right now I'm drinking uh, and it's going actually very well with it. The clown shoes, uh, exercising a Baxter, which is an Amer- American Imperial style. Um, that's going very, very well with it. It's Asian rum in port, uh, port barrels. So awesome. Do you get into pairing a lot with uh, your stuff? I try to. Yeah. Um, usually, uh, my, usually with beer and sometimes whiskeys, I'll, I'll try to play around and see what, uh, what goes pretty well together with them. Um, well, lately I've been uh, really on a big beer kick. I guess because the weather too, it's getting colder. So yeah, well, especially stouts and and that kind of yeah. thing. It gets cold, and uh, clown shoes makes great stuff. I yeah, and unfortunately, I can't. I, I had to go gluten free, so I can't drink their stuff anymore. But they they make some the the uh, the undead party crasher. I'm I'm sure you've had it. It's phenomenal. That's one of my favorites. I absolutely yeah. love that. And uh, what are you smoking tonight? I'm smoking the block. Awesome. Um. So. Tell us about when when you first went in and started working with James on blends. Which was the first? Was it the block, the soapbox, or the home that you first started tweaking and working on uh, different tobaccos with? The, the first one we started working on was uh, soapbox. Okay. Um, and we started playing with that blend. Um, and uh, what really came of it was we ended up we were we had in mind that we we're working on the so- well we were working on the soapbox, but that turned into the block. And then <laughs> <laughs> I love it. It's just a taste, you know, it's when he, when he smoked, it's like, this doesn't speak soapbox to me. This, you know, this blend really speaks box to me. So the soapbox that uh, the tent, what we, we attended, what 
came out to be the block. And then uh, we worked on uh, the actual soapbox, which took a little bit longer uh, to work on um, just because of uh, the tobaccos that we're using in it, um, finding the right uh, balance, uh, you know, with it. Um, block came pretty quickly. Home wasn't it wasn't a cakewalk, but um, we got that done relatively quickly. Everything was done with the blends and 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 with the the branding and everything in about two weeks process. Oh wow! Yeah, holy cow! Uh, when we actually started putting things into practice, uh, I had all these ideas. So when I went down there and made maximize. Uh, we maximized the time that I I had when I was down there, and we made it all really happen within two weeks. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, walk us through, um, walk us through each blend, uh, and give give everybody an idea of um, you know wrapper binder filler and kind of what they can expect from a f- uh, not necessarily flavor profile, but you know strength profile, body profile. Uh, starting with uh, the block. Okay, yeah. So the block, um, it's it's a full body cigar, uh, Ecuadorian Maduro. Uh, the binder is Ecuadorian. The filler is Nicaraguan with some Dominican Piloto in it, so you're going to get this kind of salty finish from that Piloto. Uh, it's a one of my, it's an awesome tobacco, and especially in this blend, I think it it does some really unique. Uh, you you pick up some unique flavors off of it, uh, but it's definitely for the fuller body guys. Medium, you know, definitely that medium plus the the full range. Um, you know, you're going to get a lot of that chocolatey cocoa, you know, goodiness off of it, um, but you know, with that salty finish to it. Um, yeah. And then with the uh, soapbox, it's a Brazilian Matafina wrapper, Ecuadorian uh, binder. The filler is uh, Nicaraguan, so I have Ometempe, Candega, and Jalapa in it. Um, that one seems to be, I've been finding, to be uh, kind of all-around day smoke. A lot of people really like that cigar. It's definitely medium-bodied. A lot of different flavors are going to come off of it. You're going to get some spice coming up for, on, uh, on the front of it. And then as you go through, it's going to kind of, you're going to pick up a little bit more of that creamy uh, caramel flavors into it. Um, and then home, which is a limited edition that has an Ecuadorian Maduro wrapper with a Corojo spiral. Uh, the binder is Ecuadorian as well, but the filler is 100% from SLE. So that's a SLE Lajero, SLE Viso, and then uh, a special, uh, tobacco from, a um, special processor down there that is also grown in, uh, SLE as well. So, okay. And the home, one of the things that's interesting about it, you know, as a, like you said, a spiral or a barber pole cigar, it's it's not really pronounced the color difference between the two wrappers. It's, it's subtle, but it's definitely noticeable. What did you always intend that to be that, that style of cigar or did it just come about as, as, as a happy process of blending? It was a happy process of blending really. Um, You know, because when when you're, when you look at tobacco, even though it might be a certain strand, um, each yield is going to be different, right? So the colors in that tobacco are going to fluctuate a little bit, you know, from Mm -hmm. each, each yield that you get. Um, but it just so happened with with this one that it, it turned out that way, and I think I like it that way. You know, I like bar, I like certain barber poles and stuff like that. But um, I think every stink different, right? Um, they either want a candela with a Connecticut or you know something very uh, uh, contrasting in there. But I like yeah. those uh, subtle, uh, you know, the subtle differences in it. Yeah, if you pay attention very closely, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, another great question uh, from Quentin is now, did you just buy the, the name or, um, you know, and, and get all the blends or did you have to reverse engineer anything? 
you know, can you walk us through what that kind of the, the process of, of that piece looked like? And so when I bought it, I bought, uh, I bought the names, uh, you know, I bought Dissident, I bought all the names, all the SKUs um, from them. But when it came to the blends, I didn't do any reverse engineering. I had to start from scratch. Um, yeah. I just, you know, I wanted to use totally different blends. Uh, all mainly from Nicaragua, like the other ones were as well, too. Um, and just kind of use some different tobaccos that we, we got our hands on down at the factory. Um, awesome. Um. So actually, I want to, I want to shift a little bit because um, mm-hmm. we've been uh, coming up with some interesting kind of a little bit off the wall questions lately. But they actually tend to be, <laughs> they tend to be a little bit. I mean, we we could talk about cigars all day. We love talking about cigars, but sometimes you want to break out a little bit and and, uh, and have a little fun with some of these questions. So, uh, all right. So choose one of the following. You could either hit a home run as a starting pitcher or score a touchdown as a defensive lineman or score a goal as a goalie hockey. Why is goal as a goalie? Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> that's like the rarest of the rare, right? Yeah. Like, you never see that happen. Yeah, I mean, it's in in. I don't know the last time it happened. I, I mean, it's. Think of, I think it's maybe been. It's barely yeah. been a handful of times in history. I think. I know, yeah. in the NHL one. at least. So that would be, that would be killer. Oh my gosh! Yeah, that'd be so fun to watch. So if you, uh, if you were about to get in a fight, <laughs> <laughs> what soundtrack music would come on? Oh man, um, you know, just to make it interesting, it would probably be uh, the soundtrack for Little Mermaid. <laughs> <laughs> what do you call those feet? <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny because just earlier tonight, my daughter, my daughter started singing a Little Mermaid song at the dinner table, and we're out, we're out at Chick Fil A, and my daughter started singing a Little Mermaid. So okay, so we'll we'll keep that in mind. If uh, if, if somebody if starts if somebody starts throwing down with Ben, all of a sudden you're gonna hear, "Look at this stuff, isn't it neat?" You're gonna yeah. you're gonna hear that start playing in the background. That's we, we got your back. That's if, fantastic. If we're there with you. Under the sea. Um, now I had <laughs> I had fun digging too, and uh, discovered you um, you have a little bit of a sickness. And a little bit of a sickness, but um, it's, I think it's a good sickness. I but. think so too. It's fun. So what I have here is I have some photos <laughs> and I want to see how good your, your shoe game is. Oh, shoot. All right. <laughs> and what we're going to do is I, I've got 10 shoes and uh, you tell me which, uh, which shoe this is. Okay. All right, you ready? Are they are they are they, uh, are they Jordans though? Yeah, they're all Jordans. They might be. <laughs> all right, all right. Oh man, I don't even know what those ones are. Those are like the. I have no idea. I'm all on the ones and fours, so I have to pass. Oh okay. 
Oh yeah, those are the cements, man. Those are the uh, threes. Yeah, yeah. Those are the ones. Yep, Chicago's. Uh, those are uh, those are fours. <laughs> wow. Uh, Got to throw a pair of Chuck Taylors in there to throw them off, right? <laughs> <laughs> Those are sixes. Oh my gosh, dude! I have no idea what those ones are. Yeah, those are twelves. Twelves, yeah. I don't even know what those ones are either. That's fourteen. Fourteens. Oh crap! Those are. Uh, Those are uh, the sevens. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> wow. And just a couple more, and then uh, we'll have you. Uh, we'll have you rate them. Those are um, crap, man. Those are the fives. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then last one. Oh, I can't remember those. But I think I have no idea. Well, there's 13. That's, that's 13. 13. All right. Well, you still impressed the hell out of me, and that's wow. for sure. Uh, yeah, yeah I'm more into the, the ones, couple threes. I like the fours. Some sixes are right, but I can, like, pretty good at naming what their actual names are, like the Red Toe or, uh, you know, Cactus Jacks. All that's those. insane. Dude, I'm, <laughs> so, uh, I'm impressed. So what's, uh, what, what's uh, the status of your collection right now? What are you uh, – what are, you, like, what are you going after? What do you have? I have about 33 so far. Um, I got, uh, there's not really, I have, Nike really hasn't been dropping any ones that I've been really looking forward to yet this year. Um, they got the winterized fours that are coming out that I think I'm going to try to get in that's coming out in December. Um, and then in uh, the new year, they have a lot of ones. They have the, the retro uh, Chicago's. Yeah, going to be coming out that I've already I've already uh, pre-bought, you know, got on the pre-sale with those. <laughs> so so what kind of numbers are we looking at for pairs? Um around 200 to about $600. Which equates to how many pairs? There's about 33. And what's the have you ever gone like crazy and splurged on a pair that that uh you were like, I, I don't care how much they are. I have to have them. Yeah, actually, I'm kind of mad about it, actually, too. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I was It was at the trade show. We went to Urban Necessities, me and James did, which is just they have a whole bunch of shoes in there, right? Awesome selection of Jordans. And I was like, you know, I'm just going to spend about 600 bucks. And there's about, there's about three pair that I wanted. And then James is like, yeah, but, man, you got the L.A. to Chicago's over here. You know, they're just going to keep going up in price. I'm like, yeah, but they're $500. He's like, but this might be the only chance you can get them at 500 They might just go up and up and up. And I'm like, you're right. I'm just going to buy those then. So I bought those. But now you can get them for about $250, 300 Oh. <laughs> yeah, I get it. I'd be mad too. Well, but I love those shoes, though. They're awesome. If you love them, that's what matters. Yep. And, and who knows, mm-hmm. 10 years from now, you know. 
You never know maybe. what they're going to be worth. Uh, a lot of people are loving the mustache game. You yeah. Going on. Oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah. I had to, uh, I had to change it up a little bit. Cause every, every time when I had the beard, everybody was mistaking me for James. Constantly. <laughs> <I know. laughs> um, what uh so this is kind of a fun one if if you could choose to hear the thoughts of one living person for 10 minutes who would that person be and why Hmm. who would that be and why um george clooney and the reason why is because he's like such a handsome guy and everybody thinks, actually, no, take that back. Tom Hanks. I want to know what Tom Hanks is thinking because he's such a nice guy. He's like Hollywood sweetheart, right? right. I want to really see if he's really thinking like really nice things all the time. <laughs> you know, I think he probably has some like really mean things going on up there. Saying I about people. her up in my basement. But it would be, yeah, it would be, it would be like. You know, he's he's he plays Mr. Rogers in the movies and he, he always plays the nice guy. But then you get in his head and he's like, you know, he's he's like he's like Ed Gein or, yeah. or, or something yeah. like that. I got to buy that goat to sacrifice later. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's almost better to keep the illusion alive just in case, yeah. you know, because there's some things you can't there's some things you can't unthink and unhear. Um, so. Is there is there anything? Are there any projects cigar wise? You know, you've got the block, you've got the the soapbox, and you've got the home right now. Is there? Are you? Do you have projects that you're still still working on for the future? Yeah, um, I was down in Nicaragua this past August, and I was working on two new blends with James. Um, one I'm really happy with. The other one I think we might need to do a little bit more. You know, tweak it up a little bit. Uh, it's good, but it's just there's something missing to it, and I want to kind of figure out what that ingredient is um but yeah i still have uh some some things in the works that uh i want to bring to light so and what has uh you know what has the reception been like i've say uh, honestly i think one of the things that i like about what you have done is you are you're really really active on social media which i think is critical and Mm -hmm. crucial i think a lot of companies miss that even big established brands they totally miss the social media piece which is is such a big key. What, what has the reception been like, you know, just because, because I mean, this was basically uh, six months ago, if yeah. I'm not mistaken. So what has the reception been like in your first six months? It's been really, really good. Um, good. Uh, people haven't heard a bad thing about the cigars yet. Everybody enjoys them. You know, some people might gravitate towards other ones in the, in, in the portfolio um, over others, but uh, they all, they enjoy all of them. Um, uh, I've been hitting the road, uh, around this area with uh, our new rep, and then I was up in the northeast and hitting a lot of shops, and a lot of people really, really like uh, the way that I, I took the brand. Um, yeah. You know, and yeah, I've been active on social media, but I think that's 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 key. Um, it's free marketing for one, and two, you really get a, you know, even though you can't see them uh, personally every day, you can still reach out to your uh, uh, your fans and, and the customers out there. Uh, a little bit more easily than you could before. Um, but I also think, you know, that once one thing I want to do with dissident is kind of engage the next generation of cigar smokers. Um, this is the means to do it. Um, yeah. I don't think a lot of brands are really thinking about that. I don't think, I don't think a lot of people in this industry really think about the next generation of cigar smokers, but I think we need to start 
uh, gear in this industry for them. I think if that's the only way to make this thing continue to go is if we get new uh, consumers uh, into it and, and more people enjoying cigars and understanding uh, what cigars are and, you know, the, the whole thing behind it. Yeah. Yeah, that's absolutely true. You know, in consumer education and, and especially, like you said, the newer cigar consumers, because you get, you know, you you get guys and gals who are, you know, coming into their early 20s and starting to little by little dip their toe in the water, learn a little, start learning a little bit about this cigar mm-hmm. culture. And we don't want them to get, um, we don't want them to get left behind or feel alienated because the culture that they're starting to show an interest in doesn't have any, if they feel like they don't have a place in that culture or if they don't have a, a you know, sort of something that they can grab onto, um, then they're going to most likely, uh, you know, go somewhere else for the camaraderie and, you know, all the great stuff that comes along with, I mean, the cigars are fantastic. We all love premium cigars, but there's something, there's something more that comes along with the culture and the, and, mm-hmm. and the attitude and the community behind cigars. And, and if we don't, if we don't make them feel welcome, they're going to go, you know, get that community and that piece somewhere else. And, yeah. um, yeah. and, and plus at the same time, you get to have the community, you get to have the relationships and enjoy these phenomenal. I mean, the cigars today are just phenomenal and, oh. and, and, the variety, the and, variety and, and getting, getting guys like yourself out there with new brands, engaging uh, consumers, like you said, I think is critical. And I, I, I applaud you. You've been doing a great job with it, with, uh, you, you know, with, uh, yep. with everything, you know, Oveja Negra prior to you, you buying distant and that now distant has, I mean, it seriously came out of the starting blocks with great speed. And I think it's been a tremendous success and and you know we we can't wait to see more really mm-hmm. well thank you i appreciate it guys yeah we got you know we got more in the works um you know it, it's i got to give a lot huge thanks to you know james angela stephanie and, and and scott for it because you know it was the first rep job i ever had it was the only rep job i ever had working with them and we just i think we really understood each other and i got to learn a lot from them we got to learn a lot from each other and this wouldn't have been possible without them you know, yeah. to, and, and their confidence that they had in me. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm really deeply thankful to them for, for giving me, helping me pursue this opportunity. And it's been doing very, very well so far. Like I said, um, well, you know, we got the TPE coming up. We're going to be at, uh, we got, you know, I, you know, PCA next year. We're going to be there as well, too. So, you know, we've been growing as Obey Negro Brands. Uh, pretty tremendously over the past year. Uh, a lot of new retailers, a lot of new fans uh, didn't really dig in our cigars. Um, yeah. and I'm, I'm glad to see it because I believed in it when I joined, you know, joined up and I'm glad other people are, are, are realizing that as well too. And, and really enjoying it. Like I said. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Corey's got kind of an interesting question. Um, we see a lot in the, you know, past 10 years or so with different companies, you know, getting together and doing sort of duet projects and collaborations. Um, I mean, obviously you collaborate with, uh, you know, um, the factory, but, uh, have you, um, obviously are a young brand, but have you thought about, or have you had any discussions with any other companies about maybe, you know, getting together and, uh, singing a duet? No, not really. You know, me personally, I'm not really a big fan of collaborations. Okay. Um, I mean, I don't know what that really means in this industry. You know, like, what does yeah. it mean to collaborate on something? Um, I, mean, I, I, don't, I generally don't know. You know, I, I, you know, 
I don't see a, I think most of it's just marketing, you know, purpose mm -hmm. to do collaborations, which I have nothing against. Um, yeah. But I don't know. I don't think, uh, I, I don't have any plans for it. I don't know how that would, how, what that would look like. If someone gave me, you know, a really good uh, explanation on how to do a, what a collaboration is, then maybe, you know. Yeah. Like Betty Crocker Betty. or <laughs> Mattel, you know. Capri Sun. <laughs> yeah. Really get go outside of the box. <laughs> well, Maybe that could be you know one of my you know cross in, you know industry you know different industries and stuff you know that might that, yeah. might, that, could, that could happen. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, that's, that's one of the things that I have noticed is that, um, and and I think there's a lot of great collaborations, and I think there are some that have fallen flat on their face. To be honest, but for the most part, and we've talked about this a lot, is from c cigars as a as a as a process, as a product, you know, for, for the most part, every, for the most part, you're getting, you're getting the same, you're getting the same process. You're getting the same raw materials, but it's, it's the, it's, it's the relationship piece. It's the branding mm -hmm. piece. It's mm -hmm. the, it's what is, what speaks to a particular consumer. And I think there have been some collaborations that have for whatever reason, whether it's just, you know, brand personalities that blend that, that mesh well together and, you know, make a good statement or, or whatever it is that, you know, some of them have, have made a big splash and been really su successful. And I, I yeah, hats off to them and some have fallen flat on their face just because I, I don't think that it was ever, it was almost forced. And, you know, for you, like you said, you, you've got, you've, you've found your, you know, you, even as young as, as dissident is, you found, um, I, I, I think you've really found, uh, your sounds, I guess, for lack of a better term, you've, you've found your sound and, and I, I say stick with it and, you know, keep, uh, you know, keep putting out hits because, um, the, the cigar world needs more, more innovation and, and not like you're going to reinvent the wheel, but, because you know cigars are what they are but innovation comes from from branding and building relationships and building building a new consumer base like you said and um that's one of the things that we love seeing mm -hmm. and yeah i think you know i think it's a very it's one of the things you know when i saw dissident it just it spoke to me you know the name the names of the of the of the, the skews that they had all that stuff i think it just was kind of part of me you know like it, it um yeah i'm a i grew up in the early 90s you know saw the late 80s early 90s I, I remember those times very well you know and there's a lot of you know there's a generation out there uh people of my generation that i think have been like the industry has kind of left behind you know um and they haven't really adapted to them and they're looking for something that speaks to them and i want to give them you know, a, a cigar for that generation, a brand for that generation. Um, yeah, absolutely. Um, so let's, uh, Ben, we're going to shift gears. And we talked about this a little before we went live, but every week we do a useless fact of the week. Mm. And this one, this, uh, so sometimes I come up with ones that, you know, they're not really like deep dive trivia. They're just, you know, things that are uh, a little off the wall. Uh, and this one is not deep dive trivia. There's probably, you know, a lot of people who already know this. I didn't know this already, but it was, I found it interesting. Um, so the Guinness book of world records, um, 
I didn't know that the guy that the reason it's called Guinness Book of World Records is is uh, because the uh, the guy who started it was the managing director of the Guinness Brewery. I had no idea. And so in 1951, and I'm not making this up, Sir Hugh Beaver. <laughs> that's actually the guy's name. Hugh Beaver. You got a Hugh Beaver. <laughs> Uh, he was the managing director of the Guinness Brewery. Um, he went on a shooting party in the North Slob by the River Slaney in Wexford, Ireland. And he missed a shot on a golden plover, and he became involved in an argument over which was the fastest game bird, the golden plover or the red grouse. And they didn't have any reference material to find out which was fastest. So he, he made one. So that's where the Guinness Book of World Records started was the guy got in an argument over shooting a bird <laughs> and wanted to know which one was fastest. So he was like, well, I'm going to create one. And it just grew and grew and grew from there into, I mean, they have world records now for the dumbest shit. I'm sorry, but oh seriously, they have world records for it's like ridiculous, the longest toenails in history and the longest, you know, uh, nose hair and God knows what else. So, yeah. but like, but so, which one's the fastest? Uh, it's the plover. Oh, okay, all right. Yeah, so it is. Yeah, the plover is faster than the red grouse. Okay. So yeah, I learned something new today. Yeah, there Absolutely. you go. That is this week's useless fact. And now our favorite segment of the week: Numero de los Muertos. <laughs> all right. This number um, is one of the highest we've had in recent uh, weeks. Yeah. Last week was like four. Yeah, it was. Which totally threw me off. So what's the number this week? 5,292. 5,292. And um, this is a uh, up-to-date um, number. So um, this is a, a number that unfortunately continues to, to climb a little bit. Um and um, the hint I will give you is this number started October 7th, 2001. So that many people, 5,200 plus, yep. have died from this since 2001. Correct. Hmm. Um, is it? Out of one, so this, um, cell phone explosions. Ooh. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, no. No? Mm. Is it in the United States? Mm -mm. Worldwide? worldwide? Not worldwide? No. Nope. Oh. Uh, is it limited to a country or a continent? Yes. A country. Yes. Uh, a country. Okay. <laughs> a country. <laughs> yeah. um, not the United States. Um, well, I could start naming countries. Well, uh, is Quentin is close. All right. Thor says deaths in the Iraq war since 2001, but he's not right. Mm -mm. He's close. Syria. Right. No, after Syria, then kick off the old later. Is it, uh, is it Afghanistan? It is Afghanistan. Is it really? Yeah. So, so U.S. military deaths? Not U.S. No, all... Just total, both uh, servicemen and women and uh, civilian casualties. Oh, man. Since 2001? Yep. Man. 
Yep. And it's and directly that, related to the war on terrorism. And that number's ongoing. It that, is. That's, yep. It's uh severely dwindled. Um I would imagine obviously. most of those came between oh one and oh five. My guess that's my guess. I don't I can't yeah, say for I, sure. Um I had the you know website that gave all the statistics of um people who have totally died and then servicemen and women by country who have died. Um but yep. So um again, just a, another nod to those who gave the ultimate sacrifice. Yeah. Yeah. Um yeah, and for those of you if if uh we do have some we're fortunate that we do have some podcast listeners because because when I pull up the stats for the audio podcast, I can see where what what countries people are in uh listening and, mm-hmm. and we actually do have um a few listeners in the Middle East and, and I can only hope that they're you know that those uh, maybe at least a few of them are are uh, U- U.S. Uh, military personnel who are deployed over there listening. We thank you so much for you know taking any of your few spare minutes to relax to uh, yep. you know listen to a cigar podcast, and we uh, we greatly appreciate the uh, you know the time that you're spending over there and doing what you're doing, and and we you know pray for a safe return for all of you guys. Absolutely. Um. So, um, Ben, a little bit of a kind of a lightning round that we do with everybody each week. Um, quick little quick questions, quick answers. Um, if you could give one piece of advice to new cigar consumers, what would it be? Shut up and listen. (laughs) That is a great answer. I have nobody's ever. That's is fantastic. That's a great answer. So, so expand on that a little bit and, and kind of, you know, break it down a little bit. There's a lot to learn in this industry. And if you're talking, you're not listening. Yeah. So if you can just sit back in a cigar lounge sometimes or at an event or wherever, you know, you're enjoying a cigar, if you have a podcast or anything else like that, listen to what's being said. Listen to people that are talking and what they're saying. Sometimes you're going to hear bullshit. Um, but, you know, vast majority of the time in the industry, you're going to hear bullshit. In the cigar industry, there's bullshit? What? Yeah, you're going to hear a lot of bullshit. But there's still a lot of knowledge to be learned um, from those people who are talking. You know, there's there's plenty of people in this industry that have years of experience, and um, you can learn a lot from them if, if, if you just listen to what they have to say sometimes. Yeah, that's, man, that's, that's huge. A, that's a fantastic answer. It I love is. it. Yep. Um, so the same, basically the same question, if you could give one piece of advice to cigar retailers and specifically brick and mortar cigar retailers, what would it be? Um, that's a good one. Uh, what I would say is, um, really work with, you know, listen to, uh, your manufacturers, you know, and, and understand their limits, you know, um, and still continue to build those relationships with them. I think, uh, you know, give them the, give them the time to do their job, you know, um, you know, give me, just give, give them five minutes to, to talk to, to let them give their spiel, uh, and let them, let them do their magic. You know, um, yeah. mm-hmm. if it doesn't, if it doesn't work, you know, it doesn't work, but, um, at least give, give them the just do, you know? Yeah, no, that's good. Um, so if you could give one piece of advice to the PCA, uh, formerly known as the IPCPR, um, what would it be? Um, <laughs> one piece of <laughs> advice. Well, that's 
This uh, all right, I'll go with I'll go with the number one uh, piece of advice. Number one piece of advice that I would give PCA is to re-strategize and um, try to do you know strategize, make a strategy that empowers retailers that and grow the consumer base. Yeah, I think that's what I would say. Do do what we need to do to grow the consumer base. Yeah, that's awesome. excellent. That's excellent. Just like you said before, it's um, without the without the next generation and it doesn't matter what product it is, whether it's cigars or beer or, or cars, or I don't care, clothes, whatever it is. If you, if you ignore the next generation that's coming up to become a consumer of, mm-hmm. of that product, um, then you're, you're gonna, you're gonna miss the boat and, and uh, the industry as a whole is going to suffer. Well, yeah, I mean, the whole education piece you know, if, if we get to the day and, you know, I I hope it doesn't happen where cigars are seriously in trouble, but if we get to that day where, where they are and I hear somebody say, I didn't know the FDA was really in the ass of cigars. I will punch a baby because I still, I, I don't know about you guys, but I still sometimes go into shops and hear, shop owners not just not just part-timers who 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 ring the register a couple hours a week shop owners who are effing clueless about everything going on in in efforts to destroy their business and i I, it 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 floors me every time that they don't have any idea what's going on and they don't care yeah no you know i think and there's a lot of reasons behind that but you know we can't rem- we can't forget in this industry that the number one place to grow the consumer base is in shops, is yep. in the brick and mortar with go. those retailers. You know, so PCA definitely, if they want to still stay relevant, needs to find a way to encourage these retailers to grow the consumer base, empower them, yeah. um, and really get on their side more to do that because they can throw as much money as they can gather into lobbying. And that's great. Don't don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that's that's not important. It definitely is a very important part of the of the strategy, but it'll all be for naught if you don't have people buying and consuming cigars. You know, it the best way to do that. What you were just talking about is educating people on the FDA is in those shops. So giving those retailers the the the, the tools to educate their consumers to grow the consumers to let them know, hey, you enjoy this. Well, it's about to go away if you don't do something, you know, if you don't, you know, vote, you know, like put pressure on those decision makers up in D.C., you know, and the bureaucrats. Um, you got to get you got to get the numbers. Yeah, you know, that's 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 the key. You know, you got to have it kind of has to be kind of a ground roots movement at the same time as getting those lobbyists and, and getting the ear of the right people, of course. But um, I think it needs to be a, a, a two pronged strategy rather than just putting all the eggs in the basket of lobbying. Yeah, uh, absolutely. That's a great point. Um, so let's move on to uh, notable smokables. Um, mm-hmm. Ben, we didn't talk about this before we started, but every week Garrett and I talk about uh, cigar, just one or two, maybe three cigars we've smoked over the last week or so that have been interesting to us. They could be new. They could be old. It could be anything. And, you know, for, for you, I know for the most part, uh, brand owners, they spend 99% of their time smoking their own stuff. But every once in a while, you get a chance to you know, pick, uh, pick up something from somebody, you know, another company that you love and respect, uh, to try out. Um, so I'm just to, just to get things going on this week's notable smokables. I tried the, uh, uh, the, 
uh, ironically collaboration, uh, but with the uh, uh, Cigar Dojo uh, put out the Lancero called the Far Eastern Standard. Mm. They, they did that with uh, Caldwell. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, I bought a bundle of those and got them uh, last, or, last week or early this week. And uh, very good cigar. I was... Uh, I don't want to say I was surprised because that's going to sound mean, but I was I was surprised. I, I really I kind of was a little concerned it wasn't going to be all that great, but it's very good. Awesome. Very good cigar. Um, I had a um, straight jacket. Straight. Oh, Asylum. Asylum straight jacket. And uh, first time. And it was it was really good. Yeah, yeah. I, haven't, I haven't had one in, in a few years. Um and I, I'll be honest, I don't remember it. It's probably one I should revisit just because yeah. I don't really remember it. Very it was well. good. It was a great medium cigar. Cool, um, Ben. So, other than your your own test blends and stuff like that, is there anything interesting you've uh, uh, come across recently that you thought was cool? Uh, okay, well, this is kind of a shameless plug. <laughs> Black Label Viaticum. Okay, that's coming out to retailers. Shipping out to retailers this week. That's a very very good cigar. Um, yes. I'm not just saying that because, you know, comes out of the same factory. I really wholeheartedly mean that James did a really incredible cigar the job with that cigar. It is phenomenal. You can get your hands on them. I highly recommend anybody getting their hands on them because there's not, there weren't many of them made. So, okay. But it is, it's a, it's a phenomenal stick. Awesome. Well, I will, cool. I will, I will uh, that. I'll hit up Omar at Ramsey smoke shop cause he, he carries a lot of their stuff and hopefully he got some of those coming in. Um, another one for me was, uh, I kind of reached back a little bit in the humidor and, uh, uh found, a uh, sober Mesa from, uh, Steve Saka, Dunbarton mm. tobacco and trust, um, mm. uh, that I think I bought the, I'm pretty sure I bought these the year they came out. So, um, you know, had a couple of years age on it and very good cigar, you know, not my favorite from Steve Saka, but, um, that's, you know, why, that's why cigar companies make different blends. Cause you know, everybody's going to have, uh, different ones but that that one's definitely a good cigar awesome and uh my last one is a uh xeno platinum oh well i mean yeah that's all i'm gonna Z- say xeno so good stuff was it the yeah, the, it the, was the tubo, tubo the yeah. little perfecto that's right yeah yeah really good good uh morning coffee uh wake oh, wake up your taste but taste buds kind of cigar yep yeah just a beautiful creamy yummy draw nice yeah nice Good cigar. Um, ben, anything else on your mind, uh, smoke wise, that was that was cool and awesome this week? Not this week. Um, I think like last week I had. Oh, I mean, I've always had a lot of respect for uh, Nick, and you know, I love you know the Tabernacle was that was you know very well done cigar. That's mm-hmm. Nick's done some really awesome stuff. Foundation, and I think yeah, that one's kind of and in, in, in his in his lineup. I think that's kind of a go to. You know, I'll put it as a go to for me. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, uh, one thing that that we gotta we gotta talk about here. Now, this is <laughs> serious business, uh, and it may be a spoiler for some, but I want to get your opinion on the Hopper situation. What do you think happened to Hopper? I think I think he's dead. You think, I think yeah, I think I think Hopper's dead. So uh, he's not coming that, back. That little teaser at the end with uh, the American. No, that wasn't him. That was Papa. Oh, you think that was Papa? Yeah, I think that's Papa. Interesting. What the <laughs> hell are we talking about? <laughs> I, 
I don't even know what we're talking about. Stranger Things, man. Oh yeah, yeah. It's not. I. I Matt, don't. Matt didn't do Stranger I'm, Things. I'm old. I, lo- I love Stranger Things. I love right? show. It was it's one of the greatest shows out there. I I do want to watch it because I I I grew up in the 70s and 80s and I was in high school in the 80s so I I probably should watch it because it would probably oh, dude. blow my mind with all the pop culture. It really, yeah. really well, it was really interesting. Was I was I was watching season one and remember when they made the fort for Eleven in the basement and the sheets yeah. that they had. Yeah. I had those sheets <laughs> as a kid. I had those sheets with, with the it. squares and the yellow yeah. and the blue. So, yeah, nice. I'll have to watch that because I've been, I've been uh, watching and I mean I I watch a lot of stuff, but I mean we're we're all Star Wars fans here, and the Mandalorian oh, yeah. is ridiculous. Oh. Dude, it's freaking! Isn't it great? It is so fantastic. It's oh. it's it's like old school Star Wars is back again. Star yeah, Wars, yeah. Star Wars is it has thrown off the the you know the chains of of uh, of the. Uh, the, the nonsense and it's back to its old self again. And just think Jawas have been assholes for over a thousand years. <laughs> and we finally got to see some, some of them disintegrated. Yes. But, what I love about it is it's very simple, right? There's not yes. too many complexities in the story, yeah. but in the overall scheme of things, so much can come of this, right? Like yep. there's so many other things that they can do with the basis that they're, they're laying down for future storylines or whatever the case may be. Um, but it's simple. You know, and it's like a gritty Western, you know, it's like a spaghetti Western, you know, exactly. It does have that feel. Yeah. It's got that. uh, Well, it's, it's got that kind of Longmire meets Lucas. Yeah. Yeah, totally. So for those of you watching and listening, if you have not, if you're not on the Disney plus bandwagon, drink, drink the Kool-Aid man. Cause it's legit. It's, I got a question for you guys. I mean, it's next month, next month's the next Next Star Wars comes out on Christmas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who do you think she is? Mm-hmm. Oh. <laughs> All right. So my theory is everything that Kylo told her is bullshit. Mm-hmm. And um, and she is a Skywalker. You think she's a Skywalker? You think Jen Urso is a... Or no, not Jen. Ray. No, Ray. Ray. Ray is a... Ray is a Skywalker. Skywalker? Yeah. I don't. I think she's a Palpatine. Ooh. See, at first I thought, I was thinking she was a Kenobi, but then when I saw the trailer and I heard, you know, the Emperor's laugh and everything like that, I'm like, nah, she's a Palpatine. So you think she's going dark? No, I don't think she's going to go dark. I think she's going to be the balance. Yeah. Yeah. I I, I think Kylo Ren's going to die. Just like Darth Vader had his, you know, he redeemed himself and he died. Yep. I think Kylo, that's going to happen with Kylo. Yeah. He's going to redeem himself but die. And I think she's going to be the last one kind of standing. Yeah. And there's but always going to be that last Jedi. Do you think the think, Jedi will no, ever, the ever Je- come in? No, the Jedi. Yeah. I, I don't think there's a, you know, the. The way of the Jedi is gone. No, yeah. I don't. I, well, I think, I think the. The, the old way of the Jedi is gone. I think I, uh, the, the, the force, the force isn't going anywhere. Right. Cause oh, the, yeah, yeah. the force, you know? Yeah. But I think the order of the Jedi is done. I think it's going to be kind of a new kind of thing of uh, force wielders. Yeah. You know, yeah. a new kind of uh, next generation type stuff. Yeah. You know? But yeah, I think she's a Palpatine. For sure. Okay. Sure. I like I, it. I like that theory. I'm, 
I'm nervous. I'll be honest. I'm I'm nervous that it's just going to suck, but I have to have I have to I have to be more positive. Oh, without a doubt, it, without a doubt, the movie's going to suck. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's going to be horrible. You know, the last well, one just at least it's JJ. At least it's yeah, JJ. Yeah, true. Because yeah. Ryan Johnson shit the bed. I'm sorry, yeah, but yeah. he he shit the bed with yep. that with that movie. He really did. Um, it was such a horrible, horrible movie. Yeah. I mean, um, but disappointing J- Star Wars fans since Jar Jar, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. JJ has respect for the for the core. He really does. Material. He has, he has respect for the the core material. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just, I just don't think it's going to be as. It's, it's definitely not going to be any kind of anything close to a Mandalorian or anything like that. But I think it's it's not going to hit. It's not going to make the diehard Star Wars fans happy. Yeah. Well, and then you know, a few years from now, we'll have. Uh, um, we'll have the Kenobi movie to look forward to, yeah. and hopefully they can actually turn that into um, something. Yeah, I think. Well, are they going to do a movie or are they going to do a miniseries? I heard they were doing a miniseries. I, I think it's still up in the air, to be honest. But I know, I know that it's officially in production. As far as pre-production, you know, there's they've started writing, they've started casting, um, but whether or not it's going to turn into a, a feature film or like a miniseries in like three or four parts, I have no idea. But, Either way, I think it's going to be great because you know Ewan McGregor as Obi Wan Kenobi. Yeah, dude, that is going to be great. Yeah. Um, Phenomenal. So, uh, uh, Ben, as we as we close out here, give everybody you know just kind of a final little hit on, um, you know where they can find out more information about um, distant cigars, where they can find, um you know, where to buy them and uh, information about you and the blends and, and maybe even any events you might have coming up soon. Yeah. So you can, of course, uh, Facebook, uh, dissident has a Facebook page. You can go there. Uh, you can follow me personally on uh, Facebook, uh, Benjamin Holt. Um, and then uh, on Instagram, there's smoke dissident. Uh, you can follow that page. You can follow me B L K S H P underscore Ben on Instagram as well. Or you can go to OveaNegraCigars.com. Um, you'll find everything OveaNegra there. You'll find Dissident there. You'll find all of our retailers there. And uh, we got some Dissident swag coming. So that'll be nice. on the website soon. So we got some T-shirts and some hats that'll be on there uh, just in time um, for the holidays. So um, <laughs> Thongs, Garrett just said. <laughs> maybe. I might. I don't know. Do some thongs. I'll, um, I'll model. Dude, I'll be your model. Oh, no. Not on this show. You won't. <laughs> Um, but yeah, we got to, you know, got three blends right now, uh, soapbox block and home home is very limited. Um, it's, it's out there. Um, not m- many of them are left. So if you can find it, get it, get a, get your hands on them. It'll be coming back again next year. Um, but if you like a fuller bodied cigar block is where it's at. If you like a medium bodied cigar that you can smoke any time of the day, soapbox is where it's at. Um, both of those come in three sizes and home comes in one, but, uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's pretty much it. If you have any questions, I always, invite people you, you can always ask me on social media i'll be if i get you know when i get a chance to I'll, I'll be glad to answer your questions for you um and and uh if you have any other questions about where to find it we got awesome reps out there we got koi mata down in the southeast uh we got uh levi lucas in the mid-atlantic states we got nick goss a brokerage up in uh, new england we just brought on um calvin woods up in your area uh upper midwest okay. we got joel, joel mm-hmm. Rezer down in the lower midwest and we got uh, trendsetters out west covering uh, California, Arizona, and uh, that whole mass of uh, the United States. So uh, if you have, if you're a retailer and you're interested, hit one of those up, 
and uh, they'll be glad to take care of you. Absolutely. And if you guys, you know, for us local, uh, all of our local fans and viewers, if you're here in the Twin Cities area, you have to go see Omar at Ramsey Smoke Shop because they have a very good selection of uh, Ovea Negra brands, and uh, they are uh, they are in the works, uh, according to Omar, to uh, get distant stuff on the shelves soon as well. So uh, keep a lookout for those if you're in this area. Um, so um, thanks again to everybody for watching and listening. Uh, thanks again, Ben, so much for spending some time with us this evening. Mm-hmm. Thank you, guys. I appreciate you having me on the show. Absolutely. Uh, as always, guys, if you have any questions for us, you can email us directly from HowAboutThatCigar.com. You'll, you'll find all the latest reviews. You'll find um, uh, cigar destinations. We have a nice new one up there from Andrew uh, that was posted recently. So uh, go and read that. It's a really cool shop out, out in Boston. Um, and you can hit us up on social media on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter at HBT Cigar and on Facebook.com slash HBT Cigar. And until we see you guys next time, burn cigars, not bridges. Take care, guys. Thank you. Thank you, guys.